Let's at least get started with it. Uh, Psalm 149. Let's go right to verse 4. We won't read all of the whole thing. We'll just read verse 4. Hosanna, blessed be the rock. Blessed be the rock of our salvation. Hosanna, blessed be the rock. And let the God of our salvation be exalted. Hosanna, blessed be the rock. Let the God of our salvation be exalted. Hosanna. Blessed be the rock, and let the God of our salvation be exalted. Y'all have Psalm 149? Yes, sir. In verse 4. Let's read it together. Ready to read. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify the humble with salvation. He will beautify the humble with salvation. Today I want to ask you a question. How attractive are you? How attractive are you? Ask your neighbor, how attractive are you? And, and before they answer, you know, you have to let them, let me tell you. No, today, today we're going to let the word of God tell us how attractive we are. Father God, thank you today for the word we're about to receive. I pray, Father, for clarity. I pray for the anointing upon me that as I minister the word of God, your people will hear it and receive it. And Lord, let it begin to shape our lives. Thank you for the challenges from the word that God, the word is our mirror. It's what we look into to make sure we're aligning ourselves up with your perfect plan, your perfect will for our lives. So today, speak, Lord, from heaven. We will hear, we'll receive, and we will do. In Jesus' name, so be it. Amen and amen. All right, take your seats today. How attractive are you? So give us a few minutes. We can't go as long as we normally do. Um, but we'll try to get as far as we can today. How attractive are you? Now, we've been talking about how God wants everybody to know the truth about his love, right? And what he's given us through Jesus Christ. And that's because that's the only way that you and I can get rid of or get away from the ugliness that the devil brought into the earth. One of our characters, this is a free one here, one of our characters was talking about being in that place where uh, that, f that food was offered, that fruit was offered. And when that food was received, it brought sin, sin and sickness and death and disease and poverty, depression and all kind of things into the earth. And the Bible says when God gave that command to uh, Adam, he told Adam, uh, you can eat of every tree you want in this garden. But the tree in the midst of it, don't, don't eat of it. He didn't say don't touch it. He said don't eat of it. The devil came along and told the lady, don't eat of it. You can't even touch it. But that's not what God said. God said you can't eat of it. His job was to tend it, dress it, keep it. But that, not, that tree in the, in the middle of the garden was the garden, was a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Right? And when they ate of that tree, they began to now know evil. If they had not eaten of that tree, they would have never known evil. That's why God said, don't touch it. You see? So there was never any evil supposed to be known in the world. God knew about evil. God knew Satan. God's one cast him out. But man, because they ate of that fruit, they began to know evil. That's why all that foolishness has come into the world today. 
You got it? And so Jesus told us something in John 8, 32. Remember that when Satan talked to that woman, he told her a lie. Right? But Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall do what? So the truth will make us free. Then John 17, 17, God comes along, Jesus comes along and says, Lord, sanctify them by your, your, your truth, your, your word. Your word is truth. So the word of God is the truth that will make us free. The word of God, now the word of Satan brought ugliness into the world. And when they followed Satan's word, ugliness came into their lives. But if you and I follow the word of God, it brings beauty into our lives. Amen? Now, the thing about it, when the word of God comes, y'all hear me on this here, it must be welcomed and received. It must be welcomed and received into your heart. In the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, and verse 13, and I like it in the Amplified Classic Translation. They can put it on the screen for me, please. It says, and we also especially thank God continually for this, that when you received the message of God, notice they received it. He says, which you heard from us, so you heard it, you received it. He says you welcomed it, not as the word of, of mere men, but as it truly is, the word of God, which is effectually at work in you who believe. So notice you and I have to hear the word of God. We've got to welcome the word of God. We've got to receive the word of God. We've got to believe the word of God. And when we believe it, it will begin to work in us. Notice what it says, exercising its superhuman power and those who believe, and those who adhere to, trust, and rely on it. So there's a power that the word of God begins to work on the inside of us that begins to transform our lives. The Bible says in Romans 12, 2, that you and I are supposed to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So, so the word of God to the sinner is to get saved, get born again. The word of God to the believer is to renew your mind. See? And so we got to renew our minds because that's how our lives are transformed, which means we're born into ugliness. I'm not calling you ugly. I'm talking about we're born into ugliness, sin and sickness and disease and depression and all the things the devil brings. They are ugly. It's ugliness. But God, through the word of God, transforms our lives into beauty. Let me just ask you, how many of y'all have been transformed by the word of God? Okay, so you know what I'm talking about here. That when the more you meditate on the word of God, we're being transformed, the Bible says, into the same image from glory to glory. So we go from one level of glory to another level of glory. We, we, we go from one place in God to another place in God. Thank you, hallelujah. The Bible says that you're and I are supposed to, First uh, Peter, he says this, desire the sincere milk of the word that we may grow thereby. So milk is for babies. And so, but you need the milk. You don't start a baby out on a T-bone steak or even mashed potatoes or Mountain Dew. <laughs> you start a baby out on milk, okay? Breast milk, not cow milk, okay? You start a baby out on milk, but the more that baby receives that milk, the baby begins to grow. And at some point, he begins to lay off that milk and begins to desire the meat and then the strong meat of the word, right? Well, the more he does that, the more he's being transformed, the more he's maturing. And you and I shouldn't be the same way today as we were five years ago. We shouldn't be on the same level as today as we were 20 years ago. Glory to God. Some people like to say, God's still working on me. Well, doggone it. I heard one preacher say he finished the whole world in six days. <laughs> I mean, how long is it going to take him for you if he finished the whole world in six days? 
See, he finished the world by, with the word in six days. Now he upholds the world, Hebrews 1, 3, by the word of his power. Okay, so once he, he forms you and shapes you, now he's able to keep you. He's able to keep us from falling. You see, well, we got to let the word of God come in and mature us. All right, now, so notice it says here again that this word, I'm back in 1 Thessalonians 2.13, this word which is at work in you, Amplified. Exercising its superhuman, above human, not, not human. Which means the life that you and I are supposed to live is not a normal human life. Help me somebody. We're not supposed to be living a normal human life. Well, you, you got to go through this and you got to deal with that and you got to die at a certain age and your family, you know, sugar, sugar running your family. You know what sugar is? diabetes that runs in your family and all that kind of stuff. Well, that, that might be true till you get saved. Once you get saved, sugar doesn't run in our, in our it doesn't run in our kingdom family. Well, people in my family, they all have lupus. Well, lupus might have run in your natural family. But once you're in the family of God, lupus doesn't run into God's family. Help me somebody. See, it, that, that word of God comes in and begins to exercise superhuman, above human, not normal human power in us. Gives us the power to not live like regular people. That's what God said on him in Psalm 82. He, 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 he was, he was uh, telling the people off in a, in a way. In Psalm 82, he says, you're going to die like mere men. This was to die like mere men. Mere men die a certain way. See, you and I are superhumans. You see that's on my chest? You know what I'm saying? We're, we're super. Some of y'all think you're Black Panther. You ain't no Black Panther. No, you're Christian. Christian is, that, that is your superpower right there. See, it's not, not just a check mark I put on, on an application for something. No, I'm a Christian. I'm Christ-like. I have the same power in me that raised Jesus from the dead. Romans chapter 8, round around verse 11, right? The same power raised from the dead also dwells in me. Also, it will quicken my mortal body. Makes me superhuman. Oh boy, I wish I had thought. Okay? So this word of God goes in and makes us more attractive. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. The word of God will change your life and make you more attractive to the world. Did you catch that? Everybody's trying to be more attractive. Yeah, a lot of money. I pulled some stats. I used these a couple years ago when I teach on a, taught, on a, teach, taught on a series called Flawless. You remember that? I pulled the same stats. Since 2003, the cosmetic, cosmetics industry has doubled in annual revenue from 31 billion to over 62 billion in 2016. I didn't find the numbers more recent than that. He's talking about how much money people are spending to, to be more attractive. Y'all looking at me funny, but y'all do this, y'all part of this. 62 billion, B, to be more attractive. American Society, Society of Plastic Surgeons says that Americans spent over $16 billion on cosmetic plastic surgeries and minimally invasive procedures in 2016. That's one year, $16 billion 
on cosmetic plastic. That means I want, I want my nose a little different. I want my lips a little different. Women want their breasts a little different. They, people want butt lifts and move the little sag in your arm and a little tummy tuck. Y'all ain't saying, but y'all looking at me like I'm. I've never heard of such. You use a lie. Sixteen billion. What's the whole point? To be more attractive. And people are spending a lot of money on the outside. And here's the reason why. First Samuel 16 verse 7 says this. Man looks at the outward appearance. Hallelujah. That's why, that's why when you start your Plenty of Fish profile, your ChristianMingle.com profile, Black Love, White Love, FarmerLove.com, People Who Have Cats.com, you know, you don't, you don't put, you know, you don't put a picture of your insides. You don't put your testimony in there. Well, I got born again in 1989, and you know, I've been serving a God. I'm an usher and a greeter in the church. You don't put all that stuff on, on your profile. You put a picture with a filter. The one that, that makes you look 10 years younger, you know that filter you put on there? Make, make sure the light is real bright to kind of wash out the little, you know, brownness or whatever. You just want to be, I want to be. See? Because man looks at the outward appearance. But the Lord, come on now, help me out with this rest. But the Lord looks at what? So while people are spending billions of dollars in the country, you may, may be spending thousands of dollars every year. Some of y'all spend hundreds every month on your appearance. I got to get your toes done, your nails done, your hair done. got to get your, yeah, I mean, everything done to look nice and spend very little time on the inside of you, which really makes a difference. Now, I'm not picking on anybody. If you spend time on the outside, wonderful. Because I don't want to look at ugly either. Don't nobody want to be around ugly. Don't nobody want to want to wake up to, oh, Lord, mercy, come home to, oh, Jesus. Nobody wants to do that. So, I mean, y'all get married, and you be married, and you did all that stuff. You looked all pretty to get married. Your wedding day, you did the best you could ever dream of. You did everything. But all of a sudden, three years in, now you just, hey. No, you can't do that. You got to keep on looking on. Keep on working, right? You know what I'm saying? You got to keep on. Working at it. I want your hair done. I want your face done. I want you, you know what I'm saying? I look nice. <laughs> right? I mean, you think, now I'm just telling you, here's a clue now. If back when you were dating, boy, y'all used to be all hugged tight, tight, walking in the mall, just all hugged tight. But now in the mall, he, he 20 yards away from you, he's telling you something. We're going to go in different stores and I'm telling you something. <laughs> because man looks at the outward appearance. Tell your neighbor, he's right, though. He's right. He's right. Stay in the car.
So I have an outward appearance. I have an outward appearance, but there's also something about my heart I need to work on. How attractive are you? Before you give your evaluation of yourself, I want you to let the word of God today give us the evaluation. Come on now. I'm going to try to do, get some of this in here. Go to Psalm 149, verse 4 again. Psalm 149, verse 4. Glory to God. Man, we got to make sure we look good too now. Amen. I ain't going to pick on the women and let the men get off the hook. You don't wash your face and all that stuff no more and brush your teeth, get your hair cut. Shave sometime, baby. If you're going to grow a beard, make, make it right. Don't be looking like no Wolfman Jack now. They, they got a whole beard system. You can got, they got beard grooming. Groom that beard, man. Tame that mane. Right? Look nice. Come on, don't be all, don't be all smelly either, man. Glory to God. I want to kiss all over her. You smell like you don't play three, three rounds of 21. You know what I'm saying? You, can't, you don't want to do that. Hallelujah. Psalm 149, verse 4, you there? I can say a lot more, but I better get into this here. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. Isn't that wonderful? We know Psalm 35, 27, he takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants, okay? So when he takes pleasure, he's talking about prospering us. It says, he will beautify the humble with Salvation. So again, we, we've, we've looked at this here now for two weeks. He will beautify the humble with salvation. So you and I, there's some beautification that we do. That's why you know, the Bible says let, let your hair always have oil in it. Make your face shine. That's, that's in the Bible. The Bible tells us a lotion. It does. The Bible says let your face always have a shine. And a little oil in your hair. The Bible, it says in the Bible, am I right about it? You need a little, tell you you need the lotion. Lotion is not just for girls, guys. Lotion is not just for girls. Lotion is for everybody. Lotion is to protect your skin. Your skin is your largest organ in your body. Your skin is your largest organ in your body. It's not just for girls. Men, protect your skin. Because your skin protects the rest of all your insides. And I'm going to just I'm throw this in. It's not, not just for brown people. Some, some of y'all lighter skin, lighter, lighter hue people think just because you, you yellow, you don't have to wear lotion. Listen. So there are things that you and I do to beautify ourselves, but it says here, God, he will beautify the humble with salvation. So there's a part he plays in this 
that's greater than anything you and I can do. Okay? Now, let's look at these words. I gave you these already. That word beautifies, the Greek is the Hebrew word, sorry. Pa'ar, which means to glorify, to beautify, to adorn, to gleam, to embellish. Okay, so God will make you gleam. He'll embellish you. Put, that's putting all kind of uh, knickknacks on you. He makes, makes you look nice. Right, you know what I'm saying? God, God, God will bedazzle you. God, you know, I heard this one preacher the other day. I saw him. He was on, the, on this radio program. Uh, but they were, it was, no, he, he was on a radio program, but they were doing a video. You know, they do video. Yeah. yeah it, was a, it was a for radio station, but they were doing the video on YouTube. And, he, you know, I don't wear no jewelry. So that ain't we supposed to wear no jewelry. But you got to explain to the children of Israel. God told them, I'm putting all these rings and everything. What are you talking about? What you talking about, son? You, you need a little, you know, you need something shiny. No, no, me and my wife, we're going to do the silicone thing because, you know, we ain't no shiny silicone. Not if they choose that, but don't, don't pick on people because they want to look nice. And let a little shining, you know. Amen. So, it means to, this, this is what God does now. That means God, God will provide your jewelry. That's what, that's what the point I'm making to you. I can't tell you how much jewelry I have that we didn't buy. I, I don't buy no jewelry. Well, yes, I do. When I buy jewelry, I go to TJ Maxx. I ain't going to lie. I, I, they, have, they have jewelry that the stuff, the stuff you want to wear just because you're chilling. Find your little piece just because it, it'll match something, you know. Just, but all my, my chunk, my real chunk, I ain't buy none of it. God gave it all to me. See, he, God does this. I, got, I have some chunk. I have some real gold stuff. I got stuff stored away in a safe you don't even know about. So this is what he says he does. He glorifies, beautifies, adorns, gleams. He'll embellish you. Then it says, now this is what I want to deal with today. I'm going to get in a little bit of this here. He says, he'll beautify the humble with salvation. Salvation. How many of y'all are born again? Okay, now that's wonderful. Because being born again is the door into this salvation. Being born again is not the fullness of this salvation. In fact, when this was written in, in Psalm, the Old Testament, there was no born again experience. Nobody got born again in the Old Testament. You couldn't get born again until Jesus came, died, rose again, and ascended to the Father. So when he's saying, I'm going to adorn you or beautify you with salvation, he's not talking about you being saved. Now, you want to be saved. Tell your neighbor you want to be saved. I mean, if I weren't saved today, I sure enough get saved today. Because for us, that's the doorway into everything else we're talking about, okay? So when it says he will beautify the humble with salvation, now we get another Hebrew word, uh, Yeshua, Yeshua, okay? And it gives us six words here, right out of the concordance here, 
It's not out of the dictionary. It is out of, out of the concordance. So this is, these are Bible words. Okay? So that Yeshua means salvation. It means deliverance. It means welfare. It means prosperity. It means victory. And it means health. Okay? He will beautify the humble with salvation, with deliverance, with welfare, with prosperity, with victory, and with health. So just right here, Uncle Jeff, I can see then that salvation is beautiful. I can see that deliverance is beautiful. How many of y'all been delivered from something? I can see here that welfare is beautiful. Now, not, not that government stuff. Now, that's the ugly. Make people used to be you had to wait in a line outside of, down by uh, Wildwood. Some of you remember Wildwood? You had to wait outside on that line for that government cheese and government peanut butter and welfare. All y'all was up it, I know. I'm talking about some of y'all remember that. Now, they make some good peanut butter cookies out of that peanut Pauline used to make some peanut butter cookies out of that. that, that. Now, I don't know if that was your peanut butter. You got it. it wasn't. Okay. You was buying it off somebody, 50 cents on a dollar. I heard a guy say the other day, man, now, now, now the people on welfare are selling their stamps for a dollar six, man. They don't win up. That's inflation, boy, when your food stamps go up to a dollar six. Y'all will get that next week. It's, it's, a, it's a joke. It's a joke. Used to be 50 cents on a dollar if you bought somebody's food stamps. Now they charge you a dollar six. So welfare, mean, which means the farewell, I'll deal with that in a minute, is beautiful. Prosperity. Now this is all the folk who think prosperity is some sinful, evil word. And they get mad in the church when we bring up prosperity, yet they sitting there asking people, can you help them? No, prosperity is beautiful. Say it. Say prosperity is beautiful. Prosperity looks good on you. The Bible says a poor man is hated even by his own brothers. A poor man, he called to his friends and his friends don't even answer him. So God doesn't want you like that. So he says, I'm going to beautify you with prosperity. Victory. He beautifies us with victory. So victory is beautiful. And health. We see health is beautiful. So then, so then I have two questions, Elder Baker. One, how attractive are you? If I just if I look at not not your hair, your hair, not your nails, not your physique. I'm 36, 24, 36. Wonderful. Brick house. That's great. But I'm talking about when the Lord beautifies you. How, how attractive are you? By God's standards. This is what, when he says, these are, when I beautify you, this is what comes out. My goodness. 
I wish I had all day to preach this here. When I beautify you, here's what I do. Nene can do your hair, but Nene can't do this. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? So when I beautify you with salvation, deliverance, welfare, prosperity, victory, and health, so how attractive are you? And then the second question is, how attractive do you want to be? See, because we all, every day, analyze ourselves on those same two questions, just not about the word. Every one of us, every day, kind of look in the mirror and see, oh, I need to do this, Boy, I need to wipe my teeth, or I need to do, you know, it's, because, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a three, and I want to be a six, and, you know, I'm, I'm a six, and I want to be a nine, or some of y'all, I'm a, I'm a nine, and I want to be an 11. I'm going to be over the top. And if, if you don't see how to do it, then when, when you're a six, when you, you're a six, you like to hang with the threes. Why? Because it makes you feel. Y'all ain't saying that, y'all. I'm just, I'm just talking about human, human uh, operations here. I'm going to just say it because this is what I'm going to say. You'll have a little skinny girl. All her best friends be the girls with a little chunky on them. Why? Because she wants, she wants to. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just telling you how people are. I'm just, this, this is just how people reason. So every day, every one of us, we make an assessment of how attractive we are. And then we make, we make adjustments. Well, okay, because how attractive I want to be. That's why. Here it is for me uh, last uh, August. I decided, you know what, I'm going to drop some more weight. I, I, I'm, I, need, I need to drop some more weight because I don't like how I look. I don't like how I feel. I don't like what it's doing to my body. And I want to be here for my wife. I don't want her old by herself. I want to walk my girls down the aisle when it's time for them to get married. I want to stand with my son when it's time for him to get married. I mean, all I, got, I had all kind of reasons that I gave I to make these adjustments. You see? And so it's because there's a reason behind it. And so every one of us, we do it in some way. Now, once we've made that assessment, now what do we do about it? What do we do about it? Because it says here that he will beautify, Psalm, Psalm 149 verse 4. He will beautify the humble with salvation. So how attractive am I? And then how attractive do I want to be? Okay, so what was the first mark of attraction? He, he said, beauty, salvation. Remember? Did y'all write the list down? Put it up there again for uh, Yeshua. Yeshua, put it on the screen again so everybody can see it. Yeshua, I'll beautify the humble with Yeshua. Salvation, deliverance, welfare, prosperity, victory. This is going to be our assessment. This is, this is good. How many single women do I have in here? Okay, keep your hands up. How many single men do I have in here? Look around, look around. <laughs> Yo, is it you? Is it you or should I look for another? Is he in here, Lord? Is he in here? 
Is she in here? Look at Because here's the thing. When, when you're that single person and you're looking, how many of y'all single and looking? Because some of y'all single and you ain't looking. though. No, I ain't looking. How many, how many people are single and you ain't looking? All right, good. Okay, good. You ain't looking. Grandma said you ain't looking. Now, you don't change your hair up now. You're talking about you ain't looking. Now, you Looking saucy over there in the house. Notice you dripping the sauce pretty heavy, Grandma. <laughs> pretty heavy dripping over there. All right, come back, come back. Help me, Lord. So if I'm looking, when you're single and you're looking, then you have a list in your own head of things you're looking for. As the things you call attractive. My man, Eduardo and, and Laura there, I remember meeting them and, and counseling and everything. They just got married here last year. And I know this, this fellow loves this girl right here. I'm crazy about him some Laura, I'm going to ask you a question, Eduardo. When you saw her on that rooftop, how y'all, you saw her right on the rooftop, something like that, in the elevator somewhere, and you saw her, if she were not attractive on the outside, would you have made the connection? Would you have even reached out? No. And they might have said, well, no, no, but no. They said, no, but, but she's very nice. She's beautiful on the inside. But man looks on the outward appearance. Once you got to know her, you found out on the inside, more beautiful. That's good. Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. More beautiful. More beautiful. Ding, 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 ding. More beautiful. That's wonderful. Now it's your turn now. Your girl's. More beautiful. I, I knew he was going to say that. No, he loves her. That's, that's, you're supposed to love her. But my, my point is, everyone, you, when you're looking at people, you, you make an assessment of them based on the exterior things you can see. But God, see, the Bible says, uh, 2 Corinthians 5.16. 2 Corinthians 5.16. 2 Corinthians 5.16. Put it on the screen real quick. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I hope I'm right. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. So we don't look at the flesh like that. Now, understand when you're looking at somebody, you can, you're going to see. You're going to see that mug. You don't see everything. But I'm supposed to be looking past that. I see it, but I got to go deeper. That means that just because they handsome or cute, I can't just, oh, that's my boo. No, 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 you better look deeper. Boom, look harder. You better look harder. Well, now what, what Rafiki told Simba, you better look harder, boy. You better look harder. Look in there and see something because how many of y'all know, you know, things change? 
Matter of fact, things change. Right now, you ain't even sure if what you see is real. You looking at him and, oh, yeah, okay, well, we're going to make a cute baby. You ain't know that was all, them eyelashes ain't really that long and that hair ain't really that long. And You follow what I'm saying? So you got to go deeper to have something lasting. I told my wife the other day, we, we gonna, I, I think we're going to bring back four days of family this year. I told her, we, we're going to probably put on a schedule and, and let it end uh, at our next anniversary, the church anniversary. Four days of family. We'll start it in um, September. And uh, that's going to be powerful. Yes. Talk about family. We're going to yes. build these families. But, but so we got to go deeper. And God does the deeper. God is more concerned with the deeper, what's on the inside of you. Because that's what's going to last, all right? So let's get to it here uh, before, before y'all go. Uh, He's going to beautify us with salvation. So here, here's the number. Remember, put that word up again, Yeshua. Yeshua, Yeshua, Yeshua. Uh, salvation. Deliverance, come on. Welfare, come on. Come on. And health. So these are the six factors we can look at to determine how attractive we are. So number one, here's number one question. Number one question. You ready? Are you saved? Are you saved? That's number one. That's what I got to ask about myself and about anybody I'm interested in. I'm going back on the singles too again. Anybody I'm interested in, are you saved? In other words, is Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior yet? Or are you still a sinner on your way to hell? Because that's ugly. See, because if you're not saved, you can't, you can't really... Uh, first of all, the Bible says in Romans 5 that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Romans 5, 5, I think it is. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. So real love is only given by the Holy Ghost. So if I'm not saved, I don't have access to the Holy Ghost, which means I can't really love properly. So I've got to make sure I'm saved. The day is spent, the night is at hand, my people are not yet saved. Saved. People are walking around here in church and not saved. See, Jesus said in John 3, you must be born again. So there's an experience you have to go through, not just attend church. Not just be a good person. Hell is going to be full of, it already is, full of good people. But being good is not a, a qualifier for heaven. You must be born again. You must become saved. Now, salvation, it says, makes us attractive. So there are things that, that can, you can make, you know, you might think you're attractive, but are you really attractive? In Proverbs 31, it says uh, in King James, favor is deceitful. Beauty is vain. Favor is deceitful. Beauty is vain. But a woman that fears the Lord. See, it's not all about the hire and the physique. A woman that fears the Lord, she shall be praised. See? So we're not, uh, uh, thank God that you're attractive. Thank, thank God that you're a beauty queen on the outside and you won prom queen, all that kind of good stuff. And, you know, but, but 
on the inside, how are you? Because you don't want to marry some beautiful, sweet woman. I'm sure, I'm, I almost said the name. I can't, I forgot that was one of the characters up there today. Well, y'all don't know which one. I, you don't know which one. Jezebel was probably a beautiful woman. But on the inside, wretched, a ravening wolf. See? So the, the outside is wonderful, but on the inside, what are you going to get after you say, I do? And when people come across you, what do they really get? Remember, this ain't about us judging others. This is about us judging us. This is me looking at me. How attractive am I? Am I saved? How do I look? Put up 1 Peter 3, verse 3 and 4 on the screen for me, please. 1 Peter 3, verse 3 and 4, real quick. I'm going to speed up a little bit. I got to get at least two of these in. Then we'll finish the other ones Wednesday. 1 Peter 3, verse 3 and 4. Notice this says, do not let your adornment. This is I'm talking to the women. Y'all listen to women? Yes, sir. Do not let your adornment be merely outward. Arranging the hair wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Now, he didn't say you, you can't have that. He didn't say don't arrange your hair. He didn't say don't wear gold. He didn't say don't put on fine apparel. I think the Christian women should have the finest apparel that is out there. If the gold belongs to anybody, it belongs to the people of God. And if anybody will have their hair done, Back in the old days, they used to all just wear big old hats. Because they pin that thing up, but I prefer people just do their hair and look nice. So he says, don't let it be merely with that, but give, give me verse three, please. Verse four, rather. Verse four. Verse four. Hallelujah. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart. So all the wonderful is nice, but rather let your real beauty come from the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty. Incorruptible beauty. See, this outward beauty is corruptible, which means one day what's sitting high is going to drop low. What's, what's, what's tight going to get loose. Come on now. Start getting crow's feet and little wrinkles in your forehead and everything like that and little spots and everything. It, it changes. It changes. It does. It's all right. But there's an incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. So what God's looking at, what God determines as attractive is what's on the inside. Man looks on the outward appearance, God looks on the heart. See? So I can't, I can't get caught up in all the facade and forget the real man on the inside of me. What about the men folk, Pastor? What about the men folk? Well, we saw a guy up here in this story today, uh, Joseph. Joseph, who was a man of God. Put Genesis on the screen real quick. Let me show you. Genesis 30, 39. Genesis 39, verse 6. Look what it says about Joseph. It says, thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, 
I won't say who he was, because then I tell you who the wife was, or that'll be one of the characters. And he did not know what he had for the bread which he ate. Now, watch this. Now, Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. Now, we would say brother was fine. That's what, you know what I'm saying. Chiseled, fine, whatever. And appearance. Okay? Good looking brother like me. Okay, now look at verse, verse 7. Verse 7. And it came to pass, after these things, that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph. Okay? Now she's looking at him like, ooh, that's a good looking brother right there. And she said, lie with me. She said, lie with me. That means, we, you know. Verse 8. Verse 8. Verse 8. But he refused. Now we know in Old Testament there's nobody that's saved, but he's a righteous man. So he refused and said to his master's wife, look, my master does not know what is with me in the house, and he has committed all that he has to my hand. Keep going, verse 9. There is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? So he said, I cannot sin against God by giving in to you. Now, how attractive is he? Well, let's see how attractive he is. Go to verse 10. Verse 10. Verse 10 and 11. So it was, as she spoke to Joseph day by day. Now, he already turned her down. But his salvation, his righteousness made him more attractive. She like, every day, I got to have him. I, I, got, I, got, to, I got to have him. See, I'm trying to show you that your salvation, your right standing makes you attractive. Man, I, I've seen I've seen preachers who just didn't favor anybody, and just and just somehow attract all kind of women. Y'all know what I mean when I say don't don't favor nobody. <laughs> just how in the world? Why? Because there's a there's an attraction to righteousness. They just misconstrue it. They pervert it. You see? So do you want to be attractive? Well, you've got to be saved. Salvation makes you attractive. In the eyes of God. And then we, I showed you right here, even in the eyes of man, you become attractive. Because there are certain character traits of a saved person. A saved person is gentle and quiet and peaceable. A saved person is forgiving and loving. A saved person is patient and kind and long-suffering. And that's attractive. You got some of these girls today, like, they, they want thug love. Looking for a thug till they get thumped in their head three or four times. They willing to get thumped for a purse, thumped for nails, and thumped for eyelashes. How long are you going to get thumped, girl, till you figure out you don't want no thug love? <laughs> you want somebody who's saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost and knows how to love you right. Can somebody say amen? amen. Yeah. 
So you don't have to let down your standards, girls. Guys, don't lower your standards. Your salvation makes you attractive. And if they're not attracted to you in your safe self, you don't want them anyhow. Be, be saved. Be saved. Talk to teenagers for a second. Be saved. Ain't nothing more valuable in your life than being saved. Because when it's all said and done, you're going to stand before God. And give an account, the Bible says, of every deed done in your body. So don't say, well, these my sow my wild oats years, and I'm going to go out there and do everything I can because I'm only 20, I'm only 18, I'm only 16. I'm going to go experience everything I can, and then one day when I'm 35, 40, 50, and I, I'll come in and get saved, if you make it. And you don't want to come in all used up. I'm going to tell y'all teens this. I'm going to tell, tell y'all teens because y'all need to hear me on this. We have cameras everywhere on this property. Y'all teens listen to me? We have cameras everywhere on this property. This whole, there ain't a place you can sneak away and kiss that we can't see. So I'm going to tell y'all now, stop doing that. So I'm, I'm going to say it general now before I call you out personally. We have cameras everywhere and we have a, a Full security team who watches everything that goes on 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's all recorded. So you think you're sneaking away to a little cubby, a little hole, a little back behind something and nobody see you? First of all, God sees you. Secondly, we see you. And what's happening is you're stirring up things inside you that you're not ready for. And if your mama ain't going to tell you, dad ain't going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, you better stop before you get caught with your drawers down. See, you think you have to do this to be attractive. It's not. It's unattractive. It's unbecoming for a young woman, a young man. It's unbecoming. You won't catch my wife and me in the church around here tongue kissing in the church. And we married and grown. See? So you do that because you think, oh, that's, that's, I'm attracted. No. No, that's ugly. So that's my general warning. Let me give you one more. I'll deal with the other four Wednesday and Sunday. Here's, here's the last one for the day. Are you saved? And number two, have you been delivered? Have you been delivered? Elder Jeff and Cameron see all the way down the street, don't they? Both ways. You can't, 
all down this street, all down that street, back up in the cut back there or down there. We got cameras everywhere. Back, back behind the buildings, we see our, we have cameras everywhere. Spent good money for these cameras. So you ain't getting away with nothing. We just, we just ain't told your mama yet. We're telling you so you can get it straight first. Yeah, ain't just one. I said teens. Have you been delivered? Notice the first one was, are you saved? Notice that God distinguished salvation from deliverance. So have you been delivered? Or do you still love the world? Do, do you still have hang-ups and, and addictions and stuff you're still trying to break off? Because so many Christians of, obviously get saved but never get delivered. There's a difference. See, saved... When you're saved, thank God, now you can go to heaven. But if you don't get delivered, you're going to still live like hell. You're still under the control of the wicked one if you're not delivered because you need to be delivered from the wicked one. Can y'all see the distinction here? That you can be saved and not delivered? I'm saved, but I'm still struggling with, with smoking. Well, you just need to be delivered. And you go to program. No, you need to be delivered. I'm saved, but I'm still struggling with pornography. Well, you need to be delivered. I was saved and had been delivered from pornography. So I know what I'm talking about. See? I had to be delivered from pornography. Salvation didn't square that. <laughs> I had to go a little deeper because that was such a stronghold in my life. Now y'all looking at me like I got two heads. Let's talk about you for a minute here. It was such a stronghold in my life that I couldn't break free from on my own and it wasn't until the power of the Holy Ghost began to move and operate in my life and I submitted and yielded myself to the Holy Ghost that I got delivered from what I was bound to. See, I can speak about it now because now I am delivered. Any of y'all here, you've been delivered from something? Tell the truth, you've been delivered from something. Hallelujah. Isn't it, isn't it wonderful when you're delivered? No cloud hanging over your head. No skeletons in your closet. No more shame and regret and condemnation. I know I'm right about it. See? So there's a deliverance that needs to take place. And the main deliverance I want to deal with real quick here is deliverance from the world. Deliverance from the world. Because that's where all this stuff is happening at. It's still the, res the results and residue of the world. Right? Every one of us, when we get saved, we get saved and we come in with the residue of the world still on us. And we've got to be washed thoroughly, cleansed, sanctified. See? The Bible says in, in 
2 Timothy 4 verse 10. There's a man named Demas, D-E-M-A-S. Demas was a man of God, walked with Apostle Paul as a partner in ministry with him. And the Bible said, this is what, Demas, what Paul said about Demas. Watch this, Joe. It says, for Demas has forsaken me. That means he was with me. Man of God, we're preaching together. For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world and has departed for Thessalonica. He went over to Greece. Greece got all kind of stuff. Greece, boy, still to this day, boy, it's all you want to get into some stuff is over in Greece. And he loved the present world and left and departed for Thessalonica. He's a preacher, man of God, walking with the man, walking with Apostle Paul. But he he loved his world still. Now, now if he preached, that means he's saved. He's saved, but couldn't let go of the world. And my cry to so many people is, baby, let go of that world, please. Brother, let go of that world, because it's going to kill you. The devil wants nothing more than to kill you graveyard dead. And the first thing he has to do is to kill off your walk with God, kill off your faith, kill off your, your connection to God. So he'll get you. I, I was telling my wife, I said, you know, yesterday when I, I, I left here, I ran a couple of errands. I was on my way home and I rode through downtown St. Pete. Man, our, our downtown is so beautiful and so much to do. And I'm, I mean, it's, just, it's just, just astounding what God has done in this city. It's just crazy, I mean, to me. And I'm riding through and I said, boy, they're having fun. Boy, I want to get out there on the boat. I want to mind getting on some jet skis and get on, you know, they, they're now renting the little three-wheelers. You can ride around town and everything. I'm like, man, I want to do that. I'm, I'm going to do that. And I, I told her, I said, but you have to strike the balance between enjoying and loving. See, can we might have and enjoy life, but we must not love our lives to the death. So God wants you to enjoy. Y'all hear that? Tell your neighbor, God wants you to enjoy this life and this earth. So there are things he put out there for us to have fun and we, I mean, God don't need us walking around looking like the saddest people in town. He wants to have fun. He's supposed to have fun. But you can't get caught up in the fun and let the fun begin to dictate your schedule. You're supposed to have fun. We should have the best parties. Y'all ain't said anything. We should have the best parties. Get togethers, have fun. I mean, just just do go do explore everything. Get that's our water out there. Go out there and get on that water, man. Enjoy yourself. Just. But don't love it. Because if you love it, you will depart and you'll forsake your calling. You'll forsake your assignment. You'll forsake your purpose. And when you do that, you're, you're as good as dead. That's what the Bible calls it, uh, Paul called twice dead. People think, well, I get saved, I'm good. No, the Bible said there are those who are twice dead. It means you were dead, God saved you, made you alive, but now you're dead again. 
twice dead. Let me close right here. 1 John 2, 15 through 17. 1 John 2, 15 through 17. Tell your neighbor, enjoy it. Enjoy Don't it. love it. Enjoy the beautiful houses neighborhood. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Go to the mall. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Don't love it. Don't love it. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So notice what it says in 1 John 2.15. Do not love the world or the things in the world. Why, Laquanda? If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So he's saying you can't love the world and love God at the same time. It's impossible. We're talking about being attractive, right? So not only do I need to be saved, but I need to be delivered from the world. Verse 16, verse 16. For all that is in the world, here it is, here, here's the three areas right here, Carol. The lust of the flesh, yeah, yep, 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 yep. The lust of the eyes, ooh, don't that look good over there? And the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. That's all that's in the world. That means that's all three. Those are all the three categories of sin that you're going to get into or that you can fall into. It's lust of the flesh. That means what, what, what your, your body wants to do. This includes food. Lust of the eyes. That means you're just looking at stuff and getting, oh, look at that. You got your eyes on the wrong thing. And the pride of life and you start moving over into humanism and not following God. You start following the dictates of your own heart. It's the pride of life. Is not of the Father, but is of the world. Those are the exact same areas that Jesus Christ was tempted in on the mountain, on the temple, in, on the pinnacle of the temple when the devil tried Jesus in the wilderness. Those are the same three areas that Eve was tried in. The exact same three areas. All sin is in those three areas. And the world is what? Passing away and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. This is the incorruptible beauty that's found in the hidden man of your heart. So how attractive are you? One, are you saved? Because if you're not saved, not, that's the foundation. Before we go on all the rest of the stuff. If you're not saved, according to this, you're unattractive. But if you're saved, boy, you're starting to, starting, starting to come into yourself now, boy. You, you ever seen babies? Sometimes babies, they born, they kind of look like Oh, bless his darling little heart. Look, bless, bless his little heart. You got to put on Nike everything. I just. just look at my baby. 
baby. Oh, no. Praise the Lord. But what happens to those babies is they begin to come into their own. They say, oh, look at that. Look at that. Oh. Look at you. They're developing into a little beautiful little child. See? So the more, the more we walk with God, the more beautiful, the more attractive we become. And it's not from the outside in. Come on. It's from the inside out. Y'all got that? Give God a praise if you receive that word of God today. Come on. Clap your hands today. Celebrate him just for a moment. Hallelujah, Lord. We receive that word. We receive that word. Thank you, Father. You are beautifying the humble with your salvation. Thank you, Lord, that you are changing our lives. You are transforming us. Hallelujah, Lord, into the same image from glory to glory. Thank you, Father, that, Lord, we are being transformed by the renewing of our minds. And the more we spend time in the word of God, the more we spend time, Lord, learning your word and your will and your ways and, and aligning ourselves with your will, aligning ourselves with your ways, the more we do that, the more we look like you. Lord, you're beautiful. Jesus is beautiful. We thank you that, Father, you're teaching us how to shed off, break off all those things that are ugly in our lives, unattractive. God, help us to get rid of unattractive personality traits. Forgive us for just saying things like, that's just who I am, that's just how I am. No, Lord, forgive us for that, Lord. No, we're supposed to be like you, more and more like you. Lord, you're beautiful in everything you do. I pray for all these, your precious people. I know that I'm looking at the most beautiful people in this city today. Inside and outside, Father, you've blessed us. And you are growing us. And I thank you that these, your people, Lord, will be so attractive to the world that the world wants to come in more and more and more to learn how it is to walk with God and live for God. And I pray, Father, that whatever things you need to work on in our lives, whatever things that we need to remove, Lord, I'm not the only one who, who's ever had a hang-up or an addiction. God, and there may be people in this place right here today who still are battling with hang-ups, addictions, strongholds, Father, you're the God of victory. You're the God of the breakthrough. And I'm praying by the power of the Holy Ghost that you will set my brothers free, that you will set my sisters free today in the name of Jesus. That God, they walk away from that, that thing that so easily besets them, that sin that so easily besets them, that those weights will be laid aside, that every stronghold is broken, and that God, your people will be able to live out and enjoy the fullness of their days in the beauty of holiness. Your word told us to worship you in the beauty of holiness. So God, thank you that holiness is beautiful. So we wanna be holy. Your word told us to be holy for you are holy. So we want to be holy, sanctified, living for you every day. Teach us how to do it. And God, let our lives be the mirrors that reflect the image of Christ. We pray in Jesus' name.
so be it. Amen. Put those hands together one more time and give God a praise today.